the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking at our Christian conduct once again today here on Times of Refreshing. Join us. Here in Romans chapter 12, we get a good idea as to what our conduct as believers in Christ should look like. It's a practical outworking of what we know to be true of our salvation in Christ. Hi there. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. We're continuing this look at Romans chapter 12 today, our Christian conduct, and why it's important to live out what we believe, if in fact we do believe what we believe. Please join us for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Once again, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. If you can wait on the Lord and be patient, God will begin to renew your strength. It becomes a power position. And so we have to learn to be patient in tribulation. If you're in a plane and you start going through some turbulence, the worst thing you can do is panic, hyperventilate. Run around. Ah, we're going to die. But this is what happens. We start experiencing tribulation. The best thing that we could do is be patient. Rest in the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Know God's going to see you through it. God is faithful to perform in your life. You know that you're not going to die before God says it's time for you to die. That plane's not going down unless God says it's going down. So you might as well sit back, put your buckle, buckle your seatbelt and say, this is going to pass. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. Can I have an amen? This is the, this is the mindset that we got to have. The plane's not going down. The devil is a liar. I'm not done with my purpose. I'm getting ready to get to where I've got to go. Now, it's going to be some tribulation. Yeah, we're going to have some trouble. It's going to be some rockiness. But we're going to get to where we need to go. Well, that's the mindset that we have to develop as Christians. And as we do this, God is faithful. He says, continuing steadfastly in prayer. This is a lifestyle, a prayer. And saints, prayer isn't just us closing ourselves in a closet. I want to say this to you. One of the things that I'm learning in life that, that prayer becomes a lifestyle. And really, it is a matter of you, because all prayer is, is communicating with God. Does God have access to your spirit at all times to communicate to you? Think about what I'm saying now. You can be, a, you can be in a, does God have access to my spirit to communicate with me at all times, no matter where I'm at? I could be at a grocery store. I could be football practice. Whatever it is, does God have access at all times? Is my spirit open to God? Am I conscious of God, aware of God? You know, we need to close ourselves away in our closets and pray and seek God. We need times like this every day. We need to spend time with God. God needs to. But at some point in time, you take your prayer closet with you. 
Your prayer closet is with you. You're in a business meeting and the Spirit of God, bam. I, I, have, I'm, I'm, I can communicate with God. I'm not limited to just hearing from God when I run off to my prayer closet that I can hear from God. Well, this is a lifestyle. And he says here very clearly that we should be individuals that continue steadfastly in, in prayer. He says in verse 13, distributing to the needs of the saints. Distributing to the needs of the saints. I think within our ability, we should be a blessing to somebody else that has need. Last year we dealt with this. I mean, how can we be a blessing to touch other people when they have need? For years in this church, we've done this. We have a saints relief fund. And to the best of our ability, we try to be a blessing to people who have need. We have an outreach facility that supplies groceries to people and clothing, things of that nature. We want to try to do the best that we can. And all of us as saints, we want to distribute to the needs of the saints. This is a church that's coming together as a community and being a blessing. He says not only that, he says given to hospitality. Think about this. Do we invite people to our house? You can come over. We, you know, I don't know. Don't folks can't come over my house. I don't want nobody on my couch. I don't know them folks. Well, get to know them. Given the hospitality. I mean, this is a lifestyle. When you're given the hospitality, people can come over, hang out, talk with you. You know, how are you doing? I mean, what, what we got to hide? We're not hoarders, are we? Because that's an unclean spirit. Now we got to get the unclean spirit out of our house. But what happens is, now we're given the hospitality that my heart is open. This is God's house. God blessed it. You know, come on in. Let's have a good time, whatever it is. I mean, we have to learn to do this because this is a lifestyle. Look at verse 14. He says, bless those who persecute you. It's a lifestyle. Bless and do not curse. You know, a lot of times as Christians, we won't literally curse people, but we'll, we'll rejoice when we find out something did happen to them. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, see, oh, the Lord. Oh, praise God. Oh, I'm so sorry that that happened to them. You know, I was praying that God would, you know, be merciful, but I guess he didn't want to listen to me now. He said, bless. People are going to do things to us. People curse God all the time. They talk about his name. You could be anywhere. People use, um, you know, God's name in vain. They use the name of Jesus in vain. You know, maybe some of you in this room, before you gave your life to Christ, you did the same thing. But at the end of the day, we've got to learn to bless those. God turns around and blesses people, even though they despitefully use him, he turns around and blesses them. Now, God ultimately is going to deal with them in the end, but our job as Christians is to make sure we don't get, we don't use, get infected by the same poison that's coming at us. Amen? This is coming at me. That doesn't mean I have to receive it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do away with what's coming at me by blessing instead of, instead of cursing. Look at verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I love this because this is also a big part of walking as a Christian and learning to be you know, sacrificial in our lives, saints. He says, rejoice with those who do rejoice. You know, a lot of times if we have bitter envy, jealousy, covetousness on our heart. It's hard for us to bless God and thank God when somebody else gets a new car. Somebody else gets a new, uh, a new job. Somebody else gets married. Somebody else gets blessed. 
We have a hard time rejoicing with these individuals. But the Bible says rejoice with those who do rejoice. Somebody is rejoicing. Well, thank God. What happened? You got blessed. Oh, my goodness. Praise the Lord. Shout with them. Thank God with them. Don't say, well, oh, praise the Lord. I'm waiting on mine. Because that's what happens. Well, I don't understand why God is, 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 is taking his time with my blessings. What's, what's happening here? You know, what did you, what, what did you do? Then we're trying to find the formula why they got blessed and you. Come on, saints. Come on. Am I preaching to anybody here this afternoon? This way, well, how come I didn't get blessed so fast and you did? What did you do? You prayed three hours a day or two? <laughs> Who laid hands on you? What kind of anointing? Did you get a prophetic word? Who was giving it out? We're trying to find the formula for how somebody else, instead of just rejoicing in what God is doing in this person. And then he says, he says, weep with those who weep. Identify with those people who sometimes are going through tough times. This is Christian conduct where we stop for a moment and we say, man, you're going through? We just don't look at him and say, well, get over it then. Stop crying. You need to, you need to stop crying. You, you get on up. Come on. The Lord is on your side. Sometimes we need to identify what people stop and pause and say, man, you lost, man, you lost your job. Before we tell the person, God is going to give you a new one, can we just pause for a second and say, man, I feel bad, man. I'm sorry. You lost your job. I'm, I'm just, man, I'm sad with you, man. I'm sorry. And then say, well, let's believe God. Let's get up on, let's get out of here. Sometimes we can be insensitive to a person's condition and you know what that hurt say man it hurt i mean somebody get their arm chopped off we don't say well praise the lord god's gonna heal you You (laughs) that hurt so you have to if that hurt them well let's talk about this is painful and i think for all of us as saints we got to learn to rejoice with those who do rejoice but then weep with those who do weep because sometimes people are going through tough times and they need someone to cry the shoulder to cry out just for a little while and then we get up can i have an amen and say god is going to bring us through this amen now watch this in verse 16 he says be of the same mind toward one another do not set your mind on high things but associate with the humble Do not be wise in your own opinion. Now, this is awesome. Be of the same mind towards one another. God wants us to have a unity when it comes to thinking. And there should be in our our midst a oneness about how we view one another. That there's no hypocrisy. I love you, you love me. And we're all working in this thing together as saints of God. He says, do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. And this is powerful too. Because, you know... I've learned in ministry and in life that it's not just about getting to the people that are on top. Sometimes it's about running with, with the people that are on the bottom. And if you can't learn to dwell with people, that, the humble people, the people that maybe don't have the prestige and the honor and aren't, aren't the ones that are on television and radio and doing all these things, then we have positioned ourselves, in the, our hearts in the wrong manner and God has to deal with us. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Associate with the humble. It should be our mindset, not just to find the latest and the greatest. Everybody counts. Can I have an amen? Everybody counts. It doesn't matter if you are, and this is why in our church, and you know we've had, we have some very influential people that go to this church. Very influential. 
There's no special seating for you. You better ask somebody. Just sit right down there, find you a seat, and lift up Jesus. Amen. Amen. Pastor, you think we should put a special seating because such and such, such and such is here? Well, no, sit them right there. Where is there a chair? Usher, could you find a spot? You go to some churches, man, there's a whole section. You can't even go over there. It's like the Holy of Holies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The whole section up here, over there, over this is not This is the holy section over here. We just set it over there. But that's not. Thou shall not enter. All of us count. All of us matter. God has chosen all of us. And hey, we have different levels of responsibility. We understand that. But we have to be willing to come down. Moses came out from the mountain and he dwelt among the common people. Jesus was born in a manger and he hung around people that were just fishermen and, and tax collectors and, and people. He, he was touching people. He, he dwelt among people that were. He didn't go into Israel and try to find the latest and the greatest and to lead them to Christ. People, well, if this person would just get saved, if that person would just get saved, if he would, woo, they could change the world. The devil is alive. Got to turn around and find a fisherman. He'll find a drunk off the street, clean him up, get him filled with the Holy Ghost. The power of God come upon them, and God will start using their life like you never thought he could use your life. God doesn't got to save a superstar to change the world. Can I have an amen in here? God will use you. He'll use me. It doesn't matter. And we got to get it in our mind that we are willing to dwell with those that are humble. He says, do not be wise in your own opinion. And then he goes down here, saints, in verse 17. He says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of God. Just because evil, and I said this earlier, is coming at you, it does not mean that we have a right to release it back at the person that's sent it. He says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If it is possible. Now, sometimes it is not possible. Sometimes people aren't going to like you. It's just not going to be a good fit. But at the end of the day, if it is possible, we want to try the best that we can to live peaceable. This is Christian lifestyle, saints. He says, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. He says, therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what? With good. It becomes a lifestyle. You can heap coals of fire on a person's head when you respond in the different spirit that's coming at you. Somebody cusses you out, you turn around and you tell them, bless you, man. I have nothing to say about that. And I'm going to share this last testimony. And, then, and, and some of you guys have heard this before. Then we're going to pray. Because it becomes a lifestyle that all of us, this just begins to spring out of us to the degree that we're willing to, to surrender our lives to God. He's producing this in you. It's not something that you're putting on. It's something that you're allowing to happen as you surrender to the hand of God. I can remember we were playing, I was playing in a game and it was against the Tennessee Titans. And uh, some of you heard this story before. I was, it was on a, uh, a Sunday night, so it was a nationally televised game. It was a big deal. 
and we were playing the game, and I got the football. I was running through the hole, and this linebacker came, and he was a big guy, about 250. Bam, and he hit me, right? So he hits me. I fall on the ground, and it's national television. And when, he, when I fall on the ground, he gets over me, and he just starts cussing me out. I mean, bad. You bleep, 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 da, da, da. You, you ain't nothing. You, you nothing. Da. He just starts cussing me out and all this other stuff. And you know, I'm saved. But I'm not a chump. <laughs> you know, and, and you guys, some of you, Deacon Larry and some of these guys have been to my hometown. I'm not from the, I'm not from Pleasanton. <laughs> Deacon Larry, you know, I'm not from Pleasanton. You know what I'm saying? You know, I wasn't always, you know, saved. And so when he said that, I felt in my spirit, I felt it was like in a split. You know how some, you know, you're walking with God and you got to make a decision like, like two seconds ago. And so I looked at him and I said to him, I got up and Steve was right there. Minister Steve was right there. And I got up and I said, man, I'm going to, no, I'm just playing. I didn't say, I said, man, I said, man. I'm not out here trying to, you know, cause any trouble, man. I'm out here trying to serve God, man. I love God. I'm just trying to serve God. Man, bless you, man. I'm out here. And then Steve just grabbed me and moved me around. And I said, I'm just trying to serve God. I'm not. And so I went to the sideline. And I was, you know, now I'm just share with y'all because we're here. We're family. I'm, I was on the sideline. I was like, man, I sounded like a chump. You know, I just kind of, he kind of, I hope I didn't look bad on TV. You know, so I'm on the sideline, and I said, you know, praise God. I know I did what was right. I'm going to pray for this guy. And I started praying for him. I said, Lord, I ask you to just touch this guy. Lord, do something in that guy's life. You know, I feel embarrassed, but who cares about how I feel? Lord, touch this guy. Save him. And I know I did the right thing. So game was over, and we're getting ready to walk to the locker room. And all of a sudden, this guy comes running over. He comes straight to me. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I'm about to lose my anointing up in here. I'm about to lose my anointing up in here. I think I'm about to lose my anointing after this game. The game is over now, bro. You better not try to jump squirrely with me, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. And so, so, so what happened was, now listen, so he comes over to me and he says, he comes, Napoleon, Napoleon. I said, hey, what's going on? What, what's, what, what's up? He said, uh, Man, man, I just, man, I just, I, man, I just want to apologize to you. He said, man, I'm so sorry for what I did, man. I'm so sorry for what I did. He said, man, man, I'm like you. I'm just out here trying to serve God. I said, come on, the devil is alive, brother. You just cussed me out. You just cussed me out. He said, I'm out here just trying to serve God too. And I was like, well, brother, well, man, I forgive you, man. Don't worry about it. You know, we're just trying to do what's right in the sight of God. Da-da-da-da-da. It was a great game, you know. Da-da-da. And, and we went on. But what it taught me was this. Now, watch this, saints. Your Christian character, your lifestyle before God is on display. I'm not saying that you're perfect. And there are going to be battles. Sometimes you're, you're not going to appear the, to be the best guy. That's just life. Whatever is possible within you, you want to try to do the best you can to not allow the same spirit that's coming at you to affect you so you release the same thing back at them. You have to give God something to work with on the other side. 
in hopes that someone will find repentance and desire to do what's right in the sight of God. And so what happens is, as I'm staying over here and I did what's right, it gives the Holy Spirit an opportunity to do what he's going to do on the other side. Evil cannot cast out evil. You have to cast out evil by doing good. And it becomes a lifestyle. And so for us as saints, I want to pause today for all of us. And we, we've read all these things about hypocrisy, evil, kindly affectionate, all these things. And there's so many things, if you write them down, praise God, write them down. But at some point in time, this is going to start trying to manifest it in your life. Yield to it. And allow God to make you who he wants you to be as a woman and as a man of God. Christianity isn't just about what's coming out of your mouth. It's also about a lifestyle that's reflected in us becoming who God wants us to become. And how is it going to look? It's going to look like love without hypocrisy. It's going to look like like us having genuine love for each other. It's going to look like us not returning evil for evil. It's going to look like us abhorring what is evil. It's going to look a certain way that becomes attractive to other people. This afternoon, I want us all just to pause and say, God, forge this in my life. So it becomes my lifestyle and not just something I do on Sunday morning when I'm supposed to be on my best behavior as I come to church. It becomes a lifestyle that on Monday morning when I get up and I get around heathens and get around craziness, that this begins to spring up, even though in some cases you may be persecuted or despitefully used or evil may come at you. How do we respond? Lord, we thank you for this afternoon. And we praise you just for the examination of your word. Lord, this simple message, Lord, please allow it to have a profound impact on us. So that, Lord, that which you are establishing and building in our lives because something that affects people around us. God, we're asking you, God, to help us so that we would never be overcome by evil, but we would overcome evil with our good. That good is what we use to quench evil in our lives. And Lord, as we stand in your presence, we want to be Christians. We want to be Christ-like. We want to reflect your glory. And Lord, we want to be used by you Thank you, God, for the opportunity to change. Do it from the inside out, we ask today. And be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, everybody, stand to your feet. God bless you all. Thank you, guys. Let's all stand to our feet. You know, sometimes this, a message like this, it could, it could bring up in our own hearts many areas in our lives where either... We don't, we haven't allowed, we've allowed evil to overcome us and we've responded wrong. Or sometimes it brings to our remembrance an area where we know, whether it's in our home or job or where it is, something is coming at us and we need more strength to, to respond the right way. I want to give people an opportunity tonight to respond to this message that feel maybe I should have responded a little bit different or In this area, I have something coming at me, Pastor, and I just need God to strengthen me so that I stay in the Spirit and do what I'm supposed to do, and I don't respond the way I know the enemy would love for me to respond in this situation. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every person under the sound of my voice that may be struggling in these two areas. 
God, help them tonight. Strengthen them tonight. Bless them tonight. Undergird them, Lord, in this moment. And God, if evil is coming, God, strengthen them to use good to extinguish it. We ask for this today. In Jesus' name, amen. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, we love hearing from you. It means a great deal to us knowing that these programs are having their desired effect on your life, spurring you on in Christ, love, and good deeds. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. Now, normally at this time, I would invite you to join us for worship here at the well. But at least until May 1st, because of the COVID-19, we're not available to do that at this time. What we are available to do is invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control, and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless.